Welcome back to Cheaper Than Therapy. This is Eva. I'm alone today. No Maddie, no Mona. They'll of course be back for the next episode, thank God. But today I'm just doing a little solo episode talking to my good friend Katrina Quinn, who's actually also a good friend of Maddie's and the only reason why Maddie and I met, so you've got her to thank for that. Katrina is a spoken word artist and she just debuted her first show at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival called Individual Medley, which is about the time that she moved to Zambia as a teenager and then back to the UK. We'll be talking about what it's like to perform at the Edinburgh Fringe, what's it like to perform as an introvert, and how do you get all that confidence? So stay tuned. So for those of you who are not familiar with the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, Maddie and I, we talked about it a little bit in our last episode. So the Edinburgh Fringe Festival is the world's largest arts festival. It includes everything from comedy to physical theatre to circus, cabaret. There's also an international festival and a book festival. So it's a huge, huge festival which spans around a month. It's usually the whole month of August and it features around 50,000 performances and around 3,400 shows in about 300 venues. So you can imagine the whole city turns into mayhem, but it's obviously a very cool and great opportunity to um, see new artists, to see new shows, but also for artists themselves to test their material. So stay tuned when we'll be talking to Katrina, who was a performer at the Fringe Festival this year. <laughs> nice to have you here. Thanks for talking to well me. I'm alone today. Pleasure. It's You've just come off your here. last show. Yep. Yeah, oh. just a few hours ago. Oh, how do you feel? Um I feel pretty happy mm. and quite tired, but I think that's a given. Um, yeah. like a good kind of tired when you've done something good. Yeah. Um and happy to be in your beautiful room with herbal tea and plants and like (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a nice way to finish I was debating whether or not I'd want to like jump on a train straight away but I'm glad Mm. um haven't done that and just slowly unwinding but I think that might take a while yeah I can imagine so before we go into your show which was obviously the reason why you were in Edinburgh and performed Mm -hmm. we usually start the show with a segment that we call What's been your cheap therapy this week? I imagine since you've been performing and you've had a lot of stress and maybe not lots of sleep, mm-hmm. have you had anything that you can recommend to people like how to unwind after sort of performances or stressful situations? Even if it's just like a night in and some tea, it doesn't have to be anything special. Hmm. I think the, um, the constant thing that I know has been helpful while I've been here the last two weeks is breakfast (laughs) (laughs) and just like prioritizing that uh just like having some blueberries and bananas and just knowing like okay at least and like drinking vitamins and having coffee and just being like okay at least like this is a good meal Mm. and not rushing it when when I've been able to and kind of starting the day well and having like a little bit of routine around that. Mm. Um, I think just walking as well, like maybe after a busy day, but then just like kind of walking home and walking through Edinburgh is always a treat. Like, especially yeah. when it's not as busy. <laughs> <laughs> and just yeah. like taking things in or having a look at the hills. Um, but yeah, I feel actually it hasn't been as stressful as I thought it might be. What's and the other thing that's just been really lovely is friends. Mm. And, like, nearly every day or every couple of days there's been someone that I love that's come to see the show that I've been able to, like, have a coffee with afterwards. And that's just made everything, like, kind of normal again and just being nice to, like, celebrate. Um, yeah, I think that's the thing I'd be most grateful for is just is friends or even friends of friends who have that link and mm. who've been up for, like meeting up afterwards and just being like ah, okay <laughs> unwinding yeah so thanks for sharing that with <laughs> us um and yeah let's talk a little bit about your show so just to I guess sum it up real quick it's kind of about your um I guess 
yeah, how would you really describe that? About your form formative years, I yeah. guess, um, yeah, like yeah. moving as a teenager from England to Zambia and then uh-huh. back. Yeah. And what impact that had on you. And um, yeah, I thought it was like a really good show because it was um, not relatable in the sense that everyone sort of moves to a different country. But, you know, there's obviously a lot of things that teenagers go through, which I guess are magnified by moving mm-hmm. to a different country. But so how or what made you choose this part of your life? Because, you know, you you perform a lot of poetry mm-hmm. and spoken word about other things that have happened to you in your life. So what made you choose this sort of area of your life to build a whole show around? I think definitely for a long time, after those few years in Zambia, it was the biggest thing that had happened in my life. And in some ways it is still the biggest, like maybe the most interesting story or the thing that not many people have done. Mm. Like it's a talking point. Mm-hmm. Um, and definitely because of it happening while I was a teenager, it felt like it was the chapter of my life that had the biggest impact. Mm. And it felt like there was loads of emotion and memories and feeling around it for a really long time. And so I kind of always felt like I'm going to write a book about this or I'm going to do something with this. Mm -hmm. Um, And I did like lots of bits of writing about it or like some poems or I don't know, had different ideas. Mm. And then when I decided that I wanted to... um, basically be brave and um, live more creatively and explore writing and performing and kind of give it a proper go. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't, I wasn't thinking straight away like, oh, and I'm going to write a show about moving to Zambia. Mm. But I went on a writing week um, quite soon after. So I left like the very full on job. I left London moved back down to Brighton and then was like, right, I better um, do something then. (laughs) (laughs) So I went on a writing week and that was like my 30th birthday treat. And the theme was, yeah, it was really great. And the theme, it was about like, it was life writing and it was especially for people who had crossed borders and who'd moved. Um, So I was with a really lovely group of people. And then this was the thing that I ended up writing about most but in doing that, I realised what I really enjoyed was reading it out at the end of the day when we'd mm. share our work. And I was like, actually, I think maybe this isn't a book right now. This this could be a show. Mm-hmm. And then it tied in with thinking about mm, Brighton Fringe and I know the deadline's coming up mm-hmm. and like maybe this is the chance to mm. kind of do that. Mm. Um, yeah. So if you had to describe it to people, I mean, obviously... It's about, you know, that big move that happened. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot in the show about swimming and how that's yeah. your constant and how even though everything in your life was kind of changing mm-hmm. and there were so many, I guess, insecurities, you had that sort of constant in your mm. life. But if you had to sort of describe it to people, like, in a nutshell, <laughs> how would you how would uh, you kind of describe the show the or show. the theme? <laughs> yeah, well, I know I use phrases like um, a coming-of-age mm. memoir, like, mm-hmm. um, I guess that's the kind of category in terms of theme. Uh, but then I sometimes I say storytelling, like storytelling meets physical theatre, mm-hmm. um, a spoken word solo show. I talk about poetry meets swimming lessons. <laughs> so there's a lot of, I yeah. guess, crossing borders and boundaries, which is like what the whole show yeah. is about. You know, it's not just like poetry. It's not dance, but there's dancing in it. Mm. So it it is a challenge to describe it, which doesn't necessarily help with marketing. Mm. <laughs> when, like, you know, it was even, like, to be, like, what category should this be in in the brochure for Edinburgh mm. Fringe? Mm-hmm. And it's in spoken word because I guess it, I wanted to manage people's expectations of what they're coming to. I mean, mm. like, there are a lot of words in it. <laughs> and, you know, it is something... It is a story telling mm. where you're listening and you're following this thread. Mm. Um, but it is more than that too. But I'd rather people be like pleasantly surprised mm. than like, I don't know, expecting maybe more of a traditional theatre yeah. thing. 
And there were so many things in that show that were so relatable, like I said. Mm. At least, like, to me, because I think towards the end, you say something about moving, which is, like, leaving also means arriving somewhere. And I, like, in that moment when you said that, I was like, oh, that's so true. It's like, tearing up a little bit because that's something... That really resonated with me because I've been mm-hmm. moving a lot. And obviously, you know, I'm I, I'm from a different country and I live abroad. And I always have this sort of nostalgia attached yeah. to everything that mm-hmm. I don't really... I obviously like moving and going new places, but I always have this bit of sadness attached to it. Yeah. So when you said that, I was like, oh, that is so good. I never thought about it that way. I always focus on the leaving bit and mm. not on the arriving. Is that something that you sort of also learn through maybe putting it in words and thinking it through and as a show or did you sort of always have that kind of attitude towards because you moved a lot didn't you in the last couple of years yeah yeah I think we've moved well I think since leaving home I've which was how many years ago (laughs) (laughs) like 13 or 14 I've I've moved more than 20 times in my life for sure and a lot of that's been in the last 12, 13, 14 years, mm-hmm. and definitely every year, mm. if not more, like moving physical house mm. and moved, well, I guess, lived in Brighton, in Spain, in mm. Cornwall, in London, in Hertfordshire, in Shoreham. So that's six different. <laughs> and yeah, two places in Spain. Mm. So yeah, I, I think. Um, I think a lot of the stuff in the show is things that I've been carrying around, and I guess I'm probably quite reflective on things so it's stuff that I've noticed especially like that whole thing around like whether it's just leaving a job which I've done recently or like my sister's about to leave to move across the country and Mm. that real mixture of like when you're the one who leaves and how I remember like saying goodbye to people Mm. and when I was the one leaving I never felt that sad because I'm Mm. like but I'm going somewhere new like Mm. I've got this mix for me I'm yes I'm losing something but I'm gaining stuff Mm. and then learning to have more empathy for the people that you leave behind who Mm. they just lose you Mm. and so that having to allow people to be sad or be weird about it and really noticing Mm. so many times when like me and my husband had left somewhere people just maybe distancing themselves when Mm. they knew that you were leaving or when you were like that's the last thing I want like Mm. let's make the most of the time but Mm. some people are not used to leaving themselves so Mm. it seems like a massive deal or they think well that's that then Mm. whereas you know when you've done it a lot you're like you know that with those friends you can see them after two Mm. years and And things will still be things will still be the same and it might not be with everyone Mm. and some things take time and Mm. but yeah I think there's a lot that you learn just each time that you go and how it affects you and how it affects other people and that there's always a weird mix of like mm. good and bad and hard and weird and yeah. you don't always know how you can yeah. be surprised every time though as yeah. well in how you respond and how others respond. I think also so I've had this I've been here in Edinburgh for three years now but I've sort of often thought about moving moving back mm-hmm. and like moving back to Germany like, sorry yeah. <laughs> <Which> <laughs> moving back, back. <laughs> moving back to Germany or um, just even moving within the country. But I think if you found a place where you feel like home, even though sometimes you think it might be the right thing to do, like mm. for me, it's always like, oh, there are better jobs outside Edinburgh. Like mm-hmm. for me, it's always like the big con against Edinburgh is the, yeah. the, that there's so few jobs in my field. Um, and then, you know, the, and I found that really surprising about myself because I moved so much in my 20s and I never had an issue with it. Mm-hmm. And now suddenly where. I found a place that I do feel like mm. it's home. Mm. It's getting so much harder to make that decision to really move. And yeah. like, yeah. But I, th- I think you just really appreciate that because mm. you know that not everywhere mm. does feel like home. Mm. And I think we feel similarly like for the first time in ages, or I can't even really ever remember even just the physical space that I live in at the moment, the flat that I live in, like Mm. I look forward to going there Mm. and I can spend a day in it on a Saturday and not feel like, Mm. I feel like I spent so much time going to other people's houses or Mm. looking for other places where I felt like home Mm. or like not just being still Mm. or being in or, um, yeah. And it's like, Oh, I actually, I like this space Mm. and I like the area that I'm in. Mm. And that's like, 
oh, mm. especially after like leaving Brighton where we felt like, oh, a bit unsettled and going to Cornwall and then it not being quite how we expected it mm. would be. And then living in all these other places where it was like, it was just okay. Mm. And then being like, oh, I actually, I actually really like it. <laughs> and I was so ingrained in like, even, yeah. you know, after being there a year, I'm like, right, okay, so where are we going next? Like, yeah. I think we're going to Europe next, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. like maybe we should start like checking yeah, out like yeah. a few cities. And then being like, oh, wait a minute. Like, you don't have to. It's <laughs> like, true. It just that's like the a, norm. Yeah. It's like, right, it's probably time for a change. Yeah. And then being like, oh, what if we like, gave it another couple of years at least yeah. <laughs> no, like, I know, it's not so- settling down but you know what if we just <laughs> actually stayed and some things can only happen mm. when you're in a place for a long time mm-hmm. some and mm. I really see that with friends who don't move around mm. and I really like can appreciate that that's because you've stayed committed to this place mm. that mm-hmm. you've built these relationships that yeah. won't happen overnight or that's you like we often talk about wanting to have like locals you know like mm. oh that cafe that like know you mm. and you know them and you're kind of investing in each other or I think also if you've done that a couple of times that sort of starting over that it's becomes tiring lot. after a while which yeah. is why we ended up going back actually to Brighton area because mm. we we're in London and it was like okay mm-hmm. London's cool we know people here, but it's going to take years mm. for this to f- place to feel like home. Mm-hmm. And we're tired mm. <laughs> of doing that. And actually, we've already got this place where we know people, mm. where it kind of feels like home mm. and there's the sea and there's... Yeah, yeah very important yeah. for you, the sea. Yeah, yeah, yeah really. Yeah. yeah. So, totally. Yeah. So, just because yeah. you mentioned that the sea and swimming, I mean, that's yeah. like also a very big part in your show, having that as your... Your constant is yeah. so. Do you strategically choose places that are by the sea or not so much? I think. Well, I, I could. Um, we could do a little break and read a little poem. Yes, if you want. let's so. do that. Let's do that. Okay. <laughs> Maybe that will introduce this. So this is a very short one, and it's called um, "About Me Slash Seven Seas." Mm-hmm. So one, I was a pike for twenty-five years. Mum was a pond, and Granny was a flood. That's their surnames. That's true. (laughs) Wow, that's quite (laughs) Two, my constant love has been swimming. The water never gets tired of holding me. Three, I crossed an ocean and a river for my first kiss. That's in the show. (laughs) Four, my cheeks are too often salty. Five, my favourite stroke is freestyle. Six, I make waves on the dance floor. Seven, home for now is a flat by the sea with the one who gave me my last first kiss under a blue blanket on Brighton Beach. Mm. Um, That's lovely. And it's it's interesting that the sea or swimming is connected through all these major points of yeah. your life. About yeah. yeah, yeah. I think when well, we didn't grow up by the sea, but that's always where we went on holiday and mm. both my parents grew up spending like all their summers by the sea. So it was like that's the place you go as a yeah mm. to relax or to enjoy and mm. um yeah my dad loves going in the sea mm. as well and and we should also mention that Katrina currently has blue hair <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know I love it and I'm wearing all blue clothes <laughs> and uh, my poster was like turquoise and yeah. I feel like I've had a very like blue watery themed yeah. fringe <laughs> I've got my personalized turquoise <laughs> shirts which I've lived de- in <laughs> it's definitely got a theme <laughs> yeah but you know I thought that was so interesting because so in the intro I mentioned that um uh well actually I don't think I mentioned particularly how we know each other I just said oh, yeah. we are friends mm-hmm. um but we met at university and we did Spanish together mm-hmm. And when I met you, I knew you as, like, the dancing queen. Yeah. You were always, like, the last person on the dance floor. <laughs> and then in your show, you talk a lot about um, that actually, well, I guess your, how do you want to call it, your first love or first real interest was swimming, mm-hmm. and that actually dancing came later. But yeah. it's, it's funny because when I saw your show or read about it, I was just like, oh, swimming, okay, that's an interesting topic to pick out. I just never yeah. knew that about you, that that was such a central theme to your life. And it seems like there's like this red thread that... Yeah, and I hadn't, it. it was actually at that writing week that um helped me kind of pick that out because it was a bit like, I guess, when you love something and you just do it without thinking about it, it's just an mm. obvious, like whether whether that's writing or like, I don't know, coding or like mm. listening to music um there's some things that they're just such a part of your life you don't think about it and mm. then it was like 
oh yeah, like I did always swim. And then all mm. of my favorite memories were like when I was in the water in various places around the world, mm. like that has, that's a good day when you've like mm. been in water mm. um, and wherever there were, you know, I'd like purposely fall into like mm. lakes in the sea mm. just so I could and be in it. And yeah. then, then it was like, oh, this is actually like a really nice Mm. Uh, metaphor to like explore lots of things so it made it quite easy as well to like hang different sections on um. I was gonna say that because I really love the opening of the of the show where the swimming and the that theme the the move from England to Zambia and back is sort of connected when you say I mean I'm not gonna say it as well as you do mm. I can't even remember the exact words <laughs> but was something about like swimming is like crossing borders yeah. existing in different spaces kind yeah. of thing yeah and that was such a clever thing to do because it really sort of, yeah, merged these themes together of like swimming. And maybe you can explain that real quick. Individual mm. medley is actually a swimming term, which yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah. So the show is called Individual Medley, which mm. is a swimming race, which is butterfly, backstroke, breaststroke, crawl. So you do like a length of each. Um, it, it wasn't like actually my favorite event, but I did do it. And then it just felt like a nice title mm. um and this whole idea of like I guess an individual being made up of like their different experiences and different chapters and then mm. um medley the whole like musical thing and rhythm mm. and then also so the show is kind of broken up into chapters which are um which I introduced with swimming lessons mm. so going through those different strokes yeah. and then using them to like match with certain aspects mm. of life so like breaststroke which I've never liked mm. tying that in with like the awkwardness of being a teenager because and the awkwardness of breaststroke that mm. I find and mm. even you know breasts and all those things um <laughs> all the different like rhythms of the different strokes or, yeah um so yeah there's so much to play with so yeah 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 it was very clever and it because I mean I had seen the flyer and I'd seen sort of like the tagline which is like Oh, now I don't have to fly uh, with me. But like, what like, do you do if a girl crosses board or if you yeah, move from when England? a girl moves from Basingstoke to Zambia? And the answer is she swims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and um, but I still didn't make that connection with yeah. individual medley because I was like, yeah. I don't really know. And then when you explained it in the show, I was like, ah, that's, <laughs> well, that makes sense now. <laughs> but yeah, I, and I think going back to that the crossing borders thing, it is just mm. on in the very basic elements. Swimming is you are like you're in water and you're in air and you need both mm. like you know mm -hmm. if you're totally underwater you're like i mean you're a fish or you're like <laughs> you're diving you know you're scuba diving yeah, or something yeah, like yeah. swimming is and it's getting is breathing at the right times you know mm. so you're not breathing in the water like on the really obvious mm. basic level but and it is that thing that you notice if someone can't swim that's really like a really terrifying thing yeah and it's so much of swimming is about relaxing and trusting that that your float or that the water will hold you mm. or that like you can breathe and you can get enough air in mm. and then you can go under but mm. it's about finding the rhythms that fit yeah. with you yeah which i guess again just ties into a lot about life <laughs> yeah totally. <laughs> and finding your way of moving and being in the world and yeah. where do you breathe and what what yeah. brings you life yeah and, yeah yeah definitely yeah and so the show is of so it's fifty five minutes or an hour yeah. long, and that's obviously a lot of words. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> um, so. Is it like how did you go about that? Did you sort of have to rehearse that a lot, or did you? Um, how what helped you remember it, even if it's your own words? You know, sometimes you just forget um, chunks. But yeah. but also the other thing. Sorry, it's a two part uh, question. Okay, okay. <laughs> the other thing that I'm wondering is, like, if you have to do it every no every day for like uh -huh. what was it two, two weeks, weeks that yeah. you did like do you ever start it's just like oh god it's just like that again <laughs> <laughs> I have to get through it <laughs> um so I'll answer that one first mm. I I I guess I wasn't sure I was mm. like this will be a bit of an experiment to see like yeah maybe I'll be totally sick of it after I've never done I mean the most I did was like four at Brighton Fringe but it was just like two and then like two weeks break and then two mm. um and that was when it was so new and fresh mm. um but I don't no I think every day I've, I've actually I think my mornings have been you know I've had my good breakfast mm. and then I've arrived at the venue and then I've set it all up and then like done it and 
it, I've enjoyed it every time, actually. I had one day when I was uh, teary before. I was just, I think, a bit overwhelmed and exhausted. Mm. I had a little cry. Mm-hmm. And I was like... Mm. <laughs> and there was, you know, a couple of days when I wasn't sure whether anyone was going to come. Mm. But in terms of actually, I think once I'm in it and I'm telling the story and the fact that now I'm, like, really confident and comfortable that I know it. Mm. But what would have what made me really nervous on previous times is the words, mm. is remembering the words. And it took uh, a lot of time to learn them. Yeah, lots of rehearsing. And when I was doing, when I was preparing it for Brighton Fringe, I'd like record it all and then I'd be like listening it to it in the car and like listening oh, to it on my okay. phone and mm. then just just repeating it again and again. But then I'd like edit it. Yeah. And so that was the challenge this time was that it was slightly different to other versions. So it was just catching myself because if I wasn't totally present, mm. my mouth would just be saying stuff. And then mm. it's like, oh no, I've, I, ch- uh, I changed that <laughs> bit. And I really care about the order of the words because mm. it's written in rhythm and a lot of stuff rhymes. Mm. Or I just purposely, you know, not be trying, be trying not to repeat certain words. Mm. So then if I said a sentence in the wrong order, it's right. like, no, but I, <laughs> but obviously like you still have to keep going and then like, but yeah, it, it feels like every word and detail does matter. Mm. So yeah, it wasn't just like, I'm just telling you a story. This is what happened. It's yeah. like, no, I want to tell it you in Correctly. this way because I've edited <laughs> this and reworked it and rewritten it so many times. Like, yeah, I care about. So how long did it actually take you to put it to, to write it and rehearse um, it and put it together? Was that a lengthy process? Because obviously you also had another job at the same yeah, time. Yeah, well, I so I did this writing course and then I signed up for Brighton Fringe and that was like about October 2016. Mm. And then the Fringe was in May. So I had like however many months that is, mm. seven months or something to write it. So I think it was about three or four months like mainly writing mm. and then a couple of months kind of exploring like the physicality but mm. um and then like loads of like everything got reordered and edited and be like mm. oh well that fits better in that section and then mm, and then all that deciding because mm. obviously with any story there's a whole lot more mm. to it and then mm. being like what do you leave out what do you bring in mm. and I um was in a fortunate position of like we were lodging with people, so not paying as much rent. So I just had a part-time job. So that made it a bit more flexible in terms of preparing for Brighton Fringe. And then mm. there's like a whole load of like admin and marketing and all this stuff that mm. I was also learning how to do for it. <laughs> so yeah, that was probably yeah about six months, I guess, mm. of working on it. And then since Brighton, um, actually more since, when did I... I did it a few more times, but didn't really work on it that much. And mm. then this year, um, I spent a couple of days with someone in about February. Mm. And that was really helpful. So someone I'd actually met at like Edinburgh Fringe last year who had had a spoken word show. And she came down and basically asked me loads and loads of questions, which mm. was really helpful. And she has more of a background in theatre and mm. um, just things like, you know, well why are you talking about them? Are they important? You know, mm. you've just mentioned this name, you don't mention them again. Mm. And just helping tie the threads a bit more together to help right. the audience to place people. Because yeah. there's so many words to be like, okay, well, yeah. so Rosanna's your twin sister and maybe you can just like do this action to help right. people remember, oh yeah, Rosanna, and like, oh yeah, your mum, and mm. oh yeah, the short boy. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> to kind boy. of like um, situate it a bit more clearly. Yeah, so. Yeah, yeah. That was really helpful. And then I also worked with someone looking at the light and sound because I hadn't had that at Brighton mm, Fringe. So, that was, the, that was um, great, actually. Yeah, and that really brought it to life yeah. more. But And it was really great in both of those things just to involve someone else mm. and work with some, just meet some really Car- brilliant okay. women. Yeah. And that was a new experience for me, of, you mm. know, mm. finding people and trusting your guts on who to work with mm. and whose opinion to listen to. Yeah. Um, and finding people that you feel comfortable with. Yeah. So, yeah, so then there were kind of some bursts of working on it a bit more, but then life's been crazy with work, so... That's I actually, that I can... you know, it was more like, I really need to rehearse on, like, this day and this day and this afternoon, and then, like, oh, here we are. Yeah. I <laughs> so. guess maybe 
to a certain extent, it's probably good that at some point you know there's that sort of deadline looming. Otherwise, yeah, totally. You probably all about, on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. think, yeah, having a deadline to scare you yeah. into... Because I was like, the one thing I don't want to have is to get to Edinburgh and feel, like, worried about remembering yeah. the words, for example. Yeah. So, yeah, there were a few um, living room rehearsal <laughs> sessions. <laughs> and the other thing is, so it is quite a physical show. So yeah. there is dancing, mm-hmm. you do singing. Yeah. And, I mean, what I... Th- thought was totally brave that you're actually wearing a swimming costume on stage and like (laughs) knowing you I I we've had conversations about this so I hope I'm not like projecting something onto you that you don't Mm -hmm. identify with but like we've had conversations about what it's like as an introvert kind Mm -hmm. of to perform and to Mm -hmm. do these things so is that something that you sort of had to yeah kind of had to overcome like a barrier to do that or was that kind of like you're in your zone you're just thinking really about the piece itself um, because I, I think just like, you know, I would describe as myself as an introvert and then, um, yeah, if I would think about doing something like that, I'd probably try and make it like not physical at all. So I could mm. just stand there and be like, blah, 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 and read my lines, <laughs> which yeah. is obviously not entertaining for an audience, but, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like, was that sort of hard for you? I mean, I know you're really into dancing, so maybe mm. that's almost something that came natural to you and maybe more like an anchor almost, but I'm just wondering, did you... Were you sort of worried about what people might think? <laughs> um, I think the physical stuff, I that was helpful because then it's almost like it's not just your words. Mm. And it's like maybe it kind of, I feel like it helped bring them to life. And I think, like I mentioned in the show, in some ways I'm more comfortable moving than talking so I'd be way more scared to like just mm, do a speech mm. or like talk in front of a group of people something that I haven't prepared but because that also this is based on something I've written and I've always been more comfortable with writing so mm. it's already been like thought through structured played with edited it's not like just here's something off the top of my head that mm. I don't have to think of to like mm. try and communicate it's not like a phone call, which like mm. terrify me. Yeah, I know. I'm always <laughs> hoping that no one calls me. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, this is writing, which I feel comfortable in. And then, yeah, the physicality, which I enjoy. And I, yeah, I, uh, I guess I've done enough. Just like, I, I know I can improvise on a dance floor. Mm. You know, I've done, you know, I can play in mm. the swimming pool. Mm. So it's just tapping into that. And, mm. and then a bit of detachment from like, this is me telling a story. This is my character as a mm. teenager. It's not like, yes, I would not normally feel comfortable to strut around in a swimming costume. Mm. Although, you know, I'm working on that. I mm. want to be more comfortable mm. in my skin and be like, yes, like I've got loads of ingrown hairs on my thighs. <laughs> Brilliant. <It's> like, <laughs> yes, they're wobbly and my butt is like not toned now shut up okay no, I'm just, no but it's true yeah i'm just like, i'm trying to i'm trying to give you the maddie um because <laughs> actually maddie and i we talked about this in the last episode about like our insecurities around beach bodies yeah and i was just like oh i hate being at the beach because you know i've got cellulite and i've yeah. got this and that and maddie was just like shut up you're like no, but pretty. i'm, I'm yeah. not saying that as a negative thing i'm just saying yeah that is that is the, the fact yeah, the, like yeah, i yeah, i'm yeah. just like yeah. normal women yeah. like there's yeah. wobbly bits like yeah. I was all gonna get like fit and toned yeah. and be really healthy before I came here and I just drank too much beer because it was <laughs> really sunny and then I was like well I just like food so exactly yeah. and then I'm like but but it's also that choice to be like okay no I'm not apologizing mm. for this this yeah. body yeah it does swim and it moves mm. and it loves people and it loves food mm. and hopefully it might help other people feel yeah. a bit more comfortable in it and I almost have to like not think about it too much though mm-hmm. um but is that- it is something that I want to be more yeah. like you know and I think about like my niece who's two and I'm like I want to be able to like strut around her and be like yeah mm. like here's our bodies they're brilliant yeah. like but is that a hard thing not to overthink things when you're putting like when you're planning a performance or do you mm, I probably didn't think about about it that much like before but it was just mm. like this is kind of ne- if you're talking about swimming and talking about bodies and being like awkward then you kind of have to like if you're fully dressed mm. in all of it it doesn't make sense mm. there were t- <laughs> when I was in Brighton doing it in a very very hot room 
and I had a different swimming costume, which definitely showed my nipples more. <laughs> it was like a lot thinner than I realized. And, um, and I was like sweating a lot. Mm. And there were a lot of people I knew in the audience and lots of like men from my church. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, okay, I really have to not think about this too much because like, um, they've all really seen everything now <laughs> and I did feel more exposed there I think it was like a tiny room I was very close to people and yeah just the even just that the yeah. material of the costume and then like seeing a couple of pictures after so I was like oh my word is that like can anyone see my crotch sweat <laughs> like <"Shit."> <laughs> 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 uh, but then again I had to be like well so what yeah. like that's yeah. and that that's and life and that's yeah. me and pe- and some people were like that was very brave. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing that you're saying that. <laughs> like, um, And then, you know, I've really have exposed yeah. a lot of me, like of my story, my insecurities yeah. and my body. Yeah. Um, I think having a, just a different costume that was like patterned mm. and felt a bit thicker. And I mean, I don't know, maybe my nipples were showing. I'm not sure. Like, but, no, I don't think so. <laughs> but then again, it's like, well, I don't need to know that. And yeah. It, yeah. I, yeah, I think when people say that's so brave, it's because that's, they're actually not really focusing on that. It's not, you know, mm. like no one's at the audience going like, I'm going to look at her thighs and like her. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess you don't know, stuff. like yeah, hopefully yeah. not, yeah. but then they might be. Yeah, but I think like when people say that, it's, well, at least when I said that to you afterwards, I think it was more <laughs> because like I'm such an overthinker that I would be so worried about that, that that would stop me from doing yeah. it altogether, which is then, you know, great that you didn't do that. Like yeah. you said, like you can sort of, you know, just do that and be like and then yeah like yeah. anyway sorry I don't want to go too much into an episode that you weren't past uh part of because that was last last time with Maddie no, but, but I think it, it, yeah but it is yeah. all it, but that's yeah. what I wanted to do was mm. be brave mm. so yeah I guess all those things are like well don't do it half-heartedly yeah <laughs> like, yeah well done um and don't apologize for it yeah of course yeah no that, I mean you're, it's, it's just too no um, also I don't think anyone ever needs to apologize for being in a, you know, bathing suit. <laughs> no, but we do yeah. constantly. Yeah, We're always apologizing yeah, yeah. for it. Like just yeah. our body language is apologizing. Like, sorry, you know, yeah. so many things that people say without thinking yeah, is, is an true. apology. Yeah. So this is too much. So, you know, mm, all the time, isn't it? So yeah. it's like being like, okay, I don't actually want to join in that. Yeah. I could. I'm thinking yeah. things all the time. Like yeah. even... Last year when we were on holiday in France, I was like, yeah. I am so insecure in mm. my swimming costume mm. around my stunning friends mm. and like got really upset Oh, I think about I was it. there that holiday too. I yeah, also yeah. felt quite like, oh, I'm not going to go swimming, thank you. Yeah, so it's still there. Yeah, it's yeah. still a like thing, mm. but it's like, yeah. just being able to be like, fuck it. <laughs> Am I allowed to say that on your podcast? Oh, please, hello. You know that Maddie is part of this podcast, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's just like yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's cool. And sort of um, the other thing that I was just wondering is, um, so when I went to your show twice, and like the last time I went, I saw that there was a lady coming up to you after the show, kind of really telling you that she connected with it and mm-hmm. that she had spent her childhood. I don't know if it was in Zambia, but somewhere in Africa, yeah. and that a lot of that sort of resonated with her. Like, yeah. how does that make you sort of feel... Like, how does that make you feel? Is it sort of, like, nice to see that people connect with it on a personal level? Or is it sort of weird that to to think that your personal experience is maybe experienced by someone else, but differently? Or um, No, that to, that to me, that's, like, mm. that been the highlights. Mm. That's, like, definitely mm. the, been the best bit. Like, and it's happened... You happened again today. Mm. So it was, like, mm. several times as yeah mainly mainly women often older women who've come and had a similar experience maybe they've been swimmers as well or mm-hmm. had swimming in the family but a lot of people who'd lived in africa um like kenya and zambia and different countries and and done that transition of coming here and yeah it mm. to me that makes it totally worth mm. it like even if like some days there were just you know like three or four people there mm. but then like for someone to come and say like mm that they resonated with it is mm. I think yeah. to be honest you know going back to the introvert thing mm. and I wouldn't say like I I enjoy the performing mm-hmm. but I'm not like I have to be like the mm. center of attention I have to be on a stage um 
but what I want to do is connect with people and mm. open up conversations and this is like feels like a way that I can use to do that mm-hmm. so in writing and in like saying that out yeah that creates connections with people yeah. and that's what I that's yeah. what I really love and that's what would make me keep doing it oh it's really um, nice and if it felt like it was helpful to someone who was like oh I couldn't put words to my experience or just to know that oh mm. someone else felt that too yeah um you know whether that was like for a teenager I'm not sure I haven't had much feedback from younger people seeing it and mm. just only a few came and I would love to know mm. whether that's something you can relate to when you're in the middle of going mm. through those things or whether it's more of a like reflective mm. like been through it now we can look back on it yeah um yeah, I don't know. But yeah. no, for sure, when someone's connected with it, that's the best thing. Yeah. And so sort of, I guess my last question is just sort of about the Fringe itself. Like, that was obviously the first time you performed at the Fringe. And yeah. it's such a huge festival. Mm-hmm. And there's so much on. Like, how did that make you feel? Were you sort of nervous about it? Like, just... I mean, I don't know if that's... a Because, th- you know, I'm obviously not a performer and I've never put on a show, but I'm wondering if there's almost like a competitive element where you're like, oh, how can I get people to see my show? Or do you, like, how did you navigate that? Because obviously there's so many people in town, so many <laughs> so shows, many. so many performers. Is that intimidating or did you not really think about it? It definitely could be intimidating and you definitely could compare yourself to everyone, but then... It's just so big and there's so many things that I'm in a way maybe that makes it easier because you you're just like know that there's gonna be lots of other people feeling the same way as you, mm. lots of other people doing it for the first time, as well as you know, established people. Mm. But then I also yeah, there's that balance of there's some people who are doing really well, but then you hear they've literally been coming here for the last mm. 10 years. Mm. And I'm like, wow, I have so much respect, especially for like solo comedians, mm. like some of the women that we've been to see. Mm. And I'm like, wow, I mean, doing your show to like one person, which may well happen when you're actually trying to make people laugh when you're mm. dependent on audience reactions. Mm. So I kind of think, I mean, there's people doing well because they have put their heart and soul in it for yeah. years there's other people that do well that seems total luck that you can't plan like it just seems very random in terms of whether you get a reviewer in or not whether you mm. um get to be in the venue that you wanted where you you know your time slot whether the rain helps or doesn't mm. help whether your like hours flyering made any difference whatsoever mm. it all seems and from the conversations i have had it feels like there's so much that's beyond your control Mm. all you can really do is put on the best show that you can Mm. and hopefully be kind to the people that you're around like that's what I really focused on was like okay Mm. I'm gonna enjoy it Mm. I'm gonna see stuff I want to see I'm gonna hang out with people I love Mm. I'm gonna do the best show I can every day and I can't really do much more and not stress too much about it because you know, I mean, all the other thing is like how much money you spend on it. Mm. And if you've got thousands of pounds, literally thousands mm. to put your posters up everywhere mm. to get like a PR company on board, then mm. brilliant. But mm. then you've got that pressure to like make yeah. back the sales and tickets, exactly, which, yeah. you know, may or may not happen. It all seems, again, as I said, quite random. Mm. And as like my first time, it was like, this is really like an experiment and a learning experience so Mm. I'm just gonna observe see how other people do it yeah if I did it again think about what I might do differently Mm. but I'm not gonna put pressure on it Mm. so I think that made it easier yeah for me and then I've met really lovely like other performers I haven't encountered any like negativity Mm. um like I just got lucky with the other performers that were in my venue and the other people I've met just mm. you know just even just on the street flowering like there's je- definitely a lot of like support for each mm. other and camaraderie and like yeah it's hard <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah I've got one person booked a ticket oh, you know yeah, but yeah, knowing yeah. that like loads of people are in the same boat yeah so oh. I'd say do it if you're thinking about doing mm. it you know it's mm. like kind of if you can stay open and mm. kind of 
yeah open maybe almost not have too it. big an ego yeah. attached to it yeah too big yeah. ego or too much expectation because mm. yes some people it launches their careers but there's like there were 50,000 performances mm. happening in a month so mm. yeah that's a lot of them are going to fly <laughs> under the radar <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so if you don't get a big audience that's because there's like they've yeah. got like two other thousand other things they could yeah. go to on that day yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> <laughs> it is ridiculous like yeah. it's so ridiculous and but I you know it's also I think I said that to you earlier it's also ridiculous for the person visiting the fringe but um yeah uh because there's just so, so many shows it's yeah, overwhelming it's for overwhelming. everyone yeah. so you just kind of do what you do in your mm. little corner yeah I think yeah and just like keep going and yeah. like yeah. if you need to like just go to bed you just go to bed like yeah. if you just need to have a quiet drink yeah, yeah on yeah. that you know you yeah. do that or find something that just makes you laugh yeah. you know yeah definitely so yeah my last question just to wrap up yeah. is what do you recommend not necessarily i mean if you have something to recommend on the fringe mm-hmm. it's going on for 10 more days and that would be great but there are obviously a lot of artists that you can find outside the fringe. So mm-hmm. is there anyone, or it doesn't even have to be at the fringe, maybe within your own circle of, um, or network of spoken word artists, mm. is there anyone you would like to recommend? Ooh. Apart from yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, so these aren't strictly spoken word artists, but uh, Petro Mama is a theatre company based kind of Brighton area who have a gig theatre show called Medea Electronica. Mm-hmm. It's their last day today too, but they'll be touring over the next year. And that's just another crossing genres piece um, of like theatre and live music. And it's really beautiful. And Medea Electronica. Medea Electronica. So okay. it's retelling the story of Medea mm-hmm. set in the 1980s, but it's beautiful. And Mella, who wrote it, is just a very brilliant person mm-hmm. um and then rum and clay theater company is another friend but who i also think are brilliant they everything i've seen them do has been wonderful mm. and they've got a solo show mr robuffo mm. on at the moment um at the fringe and i'm sure they're always creating new work so rum and Gosh. clay they're based in london um and then spoken word well, I've just seen, I think just get along to like a spoken word local night or a slam or whatever, because mm. I've seen loads of um, mm-hmm. great poets. But I love it when I think the nice thing is you often get a selection. So you get mm. that variety of people. Yeah. So I've been at She Growls, which is like a feminist spoken word night that happens in London. Um, and it was up here at the Fringe. And it's up here at the Fringe. It, that's on every night at, 11 20 so quite late mm-hmm. there's also um a poetry it's called poetry verses mm-hmm. i think that's coming up towards the end of the fringe and that's another great way to see like a few different poets doing things and they're always like just positive and mm. nice vibe um hmm. um where can people find you people can find me so i've got a website katrinaswords.com and twitter is katrina's words um facebook the same and instagram is cat underscore q so any of those and i (laughs) change my mind regularly on which (laughs) i'm using but the website should be like up to date in terms of future stuff which is yet to be cool so everyone check it out to leave us you will read another piece from a very nice poetry book called nine lives which is yeah. that available through your website um yeah you can uh email me and i'll i can then sort out sending you a copy yeah nine lives so it's like favorite poems from the last 10 years it's very good you guys should um check it out and so to wrap up the episode katrina's gonna read a piece from nine lives cool so th- this is like written on the back kind of like in pen because uh, the idea is that it's a poem that will keep changing and developing and it's more of like a list of advice so it's called rules for moving version one um so if you feel like you'd like to add any rules to that you can let me know and i'll keep changing the poem mm-hmm. but this is where it is at the moment okay. trust your guts remember goodbyes are worse for the people left behind be kind remember endings are also beginnings and vice versa When the top result for a town Google search is the diarrhea of England, 
take heed. <laughs> Remember, moving away isn't always running away. Remember, sometimes running away is okay. Get rid of stuff, but hold on to the kettle. Pay the extra £20 to reduce the excess on the hired van. It's worth it. Unseen pillar in car park equals £1,000 gone straight out of the bank account. It was a sad day. (laughs) (laughs) Give someone who's good at sending cards your new address. Be prepared for reactions to your clothes, slash hair, slash piercings, slash accent. Consider changing your appearance and voice to blend in. Be yourself. Walk everywhere. Stand still. Breathe deep. Get lost. Put your pictures up. Learn the language. Smile instead. Give it all time. Don't wait for invitations. Remember, nobody and nowhere is perfect. Be open to love at first sight. Remember, nothing has to be forever. Forget all you learned. This is a beginning. Yay! Applause! (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much, Katrina. And um, yeah, it was a wonderful show. And obviously, I'm a fan of your stuff. So (laughs) I'm really excited to see what else is in store for you. Cool. Thanks so much for having me, Cheaper Than Therapy. (laughs) (laughs) This has been my therapy for today Uh, on your couch. (laughs) (laughs) I like to hear that. (laughs) Thank you. Cool. Thanks. Bye. our title music you're the bomb for providing cool free content for broke podcasters like us please also follow us on social media you can find us on facebook under cheaper than therapy on instagram at cheaper than therapy podcast and on twitter at cheap tt pod thanks again for listening see you next time bye